Well, U.S. Treasury yields have pushed higher after the weekly jobs data in the U.S. showed a fall in claims, meaning more people are working, so the labour market stays tight. The Fed's big fear. It's a fear for the RBA as well, of course, and so Australia's employment numbers yesterday won't help with that. So have we turned back to plan A, where we assume central banks have got lots more to do? Except for the Bank of Japan, of course. Inflation's still a novelty there, and they seem happy to have it for now. But let's see how happy they are when they get their CPI numbers today. It's Friday, the 21st of July 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, big moves in bond yields. 10-year treasuries are up 10 basis points, up 13 in Canada, up 6 in the UK and 5 in Germany and France. Aussie 10 years, up 8 basis points yesterday to 3.95%. Then it carried on to over 4% on futures overnight. And the US dollar is back on the way up. It's up 0.6% on the DXY. The euro and the pound both down 0.6%. But the Aussie dollar has held up fairly well. It's up 0.1% on the rising US dollar to over 67.8 US cents. In fact, it got up to 68.5 US cents overnight. And big falls in equities. The Nasdaq is down 2%, 0.7% down for the S&P 500, but a half percent rise in the Dow. So healthcare and utilities doing well. Consumer discretionary down well over 3%. IT down 2.3%, according to Bloomberg's numbers. And European equities all closed up quite a bit. The FTSE 100 up three quarters of 1%, for example. Small moves up in oil. A quarter percent uh, for Brent, heading back up to $80, half a percent for WTI, now well over $75. So what is pushing U.S. bond yields higher and the U.S. dollar back up? I thought we were heading in the other direction. So let's see what's going on with NABS. David DeGaris in London, back from his holidays. He's fresh-faced and eager. Well, he's back from his holidays anyway. <laughs> Phil, I'm back. <laughs> so, so, Dave... Uh, I mean, first of all, I, I just want to mention Tesla and yes. Netflix because we made, we published the podcast yesterday yes. uh, and I said their yeah. revenues weren't too bad, which they weren't. But what we didn't talk about was the forecast for next Netflix, which is well down, and the margins for Tesla, which is also well down. So all of that, Phil, all of both that. Both good on revenue, but the detail not so good. So equity markets for tech stocks have been spooked by this, haven't they? So Tesla's down 10% this morning. Netflix yes, is down see, 9%. That's a, big, that's a big fall, isn't it? Yeah, huge. And uh, it's a, it's that'll focus... Um, Elon Musk's attention. I think you know his attention's already. They've already had to cut prices, Phil. And um, I think that's it, isn't it? That's they're it. talking about more more cuts coming or being announced. Uh, you know, maybe as we're speaking here right now. So yes, yeah, so, because their margin, um, their profit margin, went from twenty six point two down to eighteen point two percent, which actually. You know, 20.6.2 is a very it's, it's, big number. It's not it? trivial, is it? Well, so Q1 gross profit margin for, for Ford was 11%. So, I mean, this is yes. a whole different magnitude. And the sun doesn't shine forever. So, you know, no. at some point it's got to come down. No, but of course, you know, what, what is the market, what is the price of Tesla shares based on? Is it based on that 26? Yeah. Right. So yeah. that, that that's yeah. the Which issue. Are, and does this tell us something about, you know, consumers sort of shopping around and looking for better deals, be more careful with their spending. Mm. I'm sure it does. You know, there's, there's an element of that in it, isn't it? And with the Netflix, yeah. you know, the fact that their subscriber numbers, I read, were, were um, what strong. To ro- or strong, right? But their yeah. sales, just growing. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, revenue sales. Now, they attribute part of that to FX rates because of, you know, sales around the world and so forth. But obviously, they're being squeezed as well. Yeah. 
So Yeah. So what I do love about Elon Musk, ever the salesman, he's saying if you buy a Tesla now, it's going to be worth five times more uh, in uh, uh, however many years. Because as we move, his rationale is as we move to vehicles becoming autonomous vehicles. So you buy a car now, you only drive it maybe for an hour and a half a day. If you've got an autonomous vehicle, then it can you can put it to work. Uh, maybe you can rent it out for part of the day when you're not using it. It can be driving someone else around. So you get more value for your car. So that's uh, that's how he's talking it up. So ever the salesman, and you know he might have a point there. So maybe yeah, maybe they'll push shares back up. But it's not happened so far, uh, as we mm-hmm. say. But anyway, let's. The other thing that's been pushing yields higher is, uh, and obviously the direction of the U.S. dollar, because it is a complete turnaround, isn't it? It's the it's the the job state of the initial jobless claims. Now yes. this is just one week's figures. I know. Look, Phil, I'd be a little bit careful saying the yields back on uh, up on the back of that. Well, they were down nine thousand, right, from two thirty seven yeah. to two twenty eight. But I was sort of just doing a bit and they're of expected to go up, so they went the opposite yeah, way. I'm reading various reports of what different analysts are saying about it, and, and some are saying that you know there's still seasonal adjustment issues. There's always this issue at this time of the year in the summer when the automakers are retooling and whether that's properly accounted for and so forth, from different timings. And then I read somewhere else that you know, remember we had that issue with fraudulent claims out of Massachusetts mm. uh, a few months back. And now there's reports maybe there might be issues to do with fraudulent claims out of Ohio and and uh, Minnesota, I read, today too. So no, I don't, don't know whether that's right or not, but certainly there was that report there. So just makes you a little bit wary of that. And it's, it's not like uh, this, this the, the jobless claims have been, you know, trending up and then all of a sudden they reverse direction. They've been in this sort of, they went up for a while, right? There was a gentle trend yeah. up and then they all came back down again. Uh, the numbers being fixed up um, after that uh, Massachusetts issue, and they really haven't broken out of the range, have they? And um, but but it is a switching so, direction. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's I, just any bit of news, isn't it? This doesn't go with the did go with the I flow. I guess so. I guess there's an element of that. I think there was a, there was also a tips a Treasury inflation protect, protected uh, auction today, so there might have been a little bit of nervousness in the, in the lead up to that, and maybe. Mark is just a little bit nervous ahead of the FOMC next week, although it doesn't seem to be a strong expectation that they're going to be overly aggressive in terms of the narrative. Mm. But, um, yeah, it drove. I mean, when you look at the numbers, you had that leading in economic indicator from what the conference board that was down again. Uh, you had the Philly Fed index, um, and maybe it was, was partly to do with the fact that, what was that statistic that, you know, the majority of firms still looking, even though uh, manufacturing's been down, the majority of firms still looking at increasing wages. Yeah. So that issue, that issue, maybe you know, the subtext of that might have been as much as the the jobless claims information. And the employment index there, I mean, it went in the right direction as far as the Fed's concerned because it went to minus from minus zero point four to minus one. But the expectation was it was going to fall to four and a half. Yeah. Minus four and a half. Yeah. So didn't fall as much as expected so i guess you add all of those things together perhaps maybe yeah maybe, maybe this there is something in that but if you looked at those numbers uh, you'd just be a little bit surprised with what we've seen in the yields at the end of yeah. the week yeah and then i mean the other side you know if you look at the, at the i mean the business conditions um you know supposedly improved quite a bit capex investment is higher than expected so that's all that's all good out of that philly fed isn't it i looked at the six month ahead expectations mm didn't seem to bear any sort of reality to the sort of soft nature of the actual readings, you know, in recent months. You think, is that right? Um, 
Yeah. Well, or, but these numbers can be very volatile, can't they, from month to month? Yeah, they We've can. seen before. Yeah, I guess you just get someone in a good mood or a bad mood, maybe. A, a sharp fall in new orders, though, wasn't there? That, that, that index has gone from... Uh, yes. Uh, it was supposed to go from minus, 10, minus 11 to minus 10, but it's actually gone down to minus 15.9. So, you know, perhaps the slowdown is happening. So... That, but then you know you'd expect yields to go the other way on that, wouldn't you? People, people would say, well, the Fed might you have to would. go easier, but yields are. You would, and and um, the the thing is, the labour market thing is that you know if cycle, past cycles are any indication, the labour market is the last thing to crack, really. And if you look at you know where labour market data is right now, uh, you know we estimate that's telling you about a year's time the probability of recession is about fifteen percent. If you look at the yield curve you're getting a much higher probability. When you look at the equity market, you can't even discern it. It's quite low again. So, again, I think a lot of analysts are still looking for that recession, saying, mm. I can grab it and I can feel it, and it's happening now. Yeah, as evidenced by the fall in the price of Tesla cars. Not that uh, everybody, not every American is buying a Tesla, of course, uh, <laughs> but on, the, on, on, <laughs> no. on rising yields, so Australia's yields, and the fact that the Aussie dollar is up, even though the US dollar is up quite a bit today, that has to be to do with the employment numbers we got yesterday. Oh, indeed. They were, you know, much higher than expected. Indeed. And um, we know the immigration story, the addition to the labour supply, and here we are, in June, with an unemployment rate of 3.5, uh, and Tapas calculated that to the what the third or fourth decimal. It's actually a low 3.5, so it's almost a 3.4 percent, which would be equal to the um, October low we had last mm. year. So, it's what this uh, 15 plus population has increased by was it 590,000 in the past year from immigration yet? The labour market is still producing enough jobs to employ people and keep the unemployment rate low. So the labour market's still pretty tight. If if those estimates of the full employment rate of 4.5% are anywhere near the truth. So I guess the labour supply, the population is good in terms of keeping wages in check, but the capacity, you know, the, the everyone's, everyone's employed, right? So jobs are still more than sufficient to... To, uh, for everyone to get a job. So the unemployment rate's still low. So there's still that wages issue, potential wages issue. So, yeah. We're not well, I mean, yeah, so there was a time when we used to talk about the Nauru, you know, the unemployment level at which, you know, it would dampen the prospect of inflation because it would keep wages down. When we when we looked at that, you know, we were talking about it being around 4.5%, you know, yeah. Yeah, way above right. where we are now. That's right. So, the, you know, and that's where maybe where the CPI might come in next week in the lead up to the RBA meeting if that were mm. to print on the high side. But it's not surprising that after the labour market, the um, probability of the uh, priced into the market has increased from about 25% to 50% on the back of that, that report. And yet, you know, um, if we were to look at the trend, the number of people working is mm. pretty close to where it would be if we hadn't had the pandemic. And then if we look at the unemployment yes. rate, obviously well below perhaps where the RBA wants it to be, but if we look at, you know, it's pretty close to where it is in the United States. They don't seem too concerned about it. Uh, and I guess it's a question of where you came from. But if you look at where we were and where the U.S. was going up to the pandemic, you know, we had a good five or six years where we were tracking pretty close to each other. Yes. And I, I think what the Reserve Bank, the proof the pudding's in the eating, they'll be looking at, you know, wages growth is, is the final arbiter of that rather than just saying, oh, it's below the Nairo, therefore we have to jam up rates even further. So, yeah. uh, and, and I think, you know, we've had these 
the national wage case and so forth. So how all those numbers play out and whether there's any evidence of productivity shifts and so forth. But I think the nominal wages growth is going to be the arbiter. We're not going to get any more information about that well, before the August board meeting, but um, yeah. subsequent releases, of course. Right. And uh, today, inflation for Japan, that's going to be interesting. Isn't it? I mean, everyone had, had been saying the Bank of Japan must change their approach. Inflation is going to get too high, but it seems like there's been a bit of a change on tune on it that. Does, I mean, doesn't that reading the politics and uh, yeah. you know what the Bank of Japan governor has been saying recently? I don't think he's convinced that they're yet at sustainable 2%, even though the headline inflation rate is going to be what? Expected to be over 3% again, and they've upgraded their forecast for inflation. But that's this year, yeah. not next year. And so, then they've got their core core rate, if you want to make the number even higher. Four point two percent for indeed. the core core. Indeed, uh, indeed. But you're right, that that um the noise around that seems to have died down. Yeah. Uh, what do I mean you the, get the Japanese Prime Minister overnight was saying, you know, the economy's recovering, um mm-hmm. and we want to see inflation. You know, he, he says they it, do. It, it's important to ensure that Japan makes his words steady progress in indeed. exiting deflation. And a shift to a society where wage hikes become a norm. So yes, uh, well, they want they want you know a sustainable wage rises and growth in in the economy and aggregate demand. And I don't think they're convinced that beyond this episode that they're in that state yeah. as yet. So will we see if we see the core rate, or the or more importantly the super core rate? Yes. Uh, if well, we the four point uh, two, two or four point three, yeah, yeah. There's not another. There's not a, not a super duper core rate, is there? That's as well, far as three. We go. There's the ex fresh food inflation rate. Then there's the ex fresh food and energy, which we would think of as the core rate, I guess. But they've yeah. tended in the past to use the ex, just ex fresh food, but uh, food inflation and energy inflation being such a big part of the. Uh, inflation story so uh, we could see some sort of reaction on the end i guess today depending on what direction that goes and then uh uk retail sales now may was down 2.1 percent year on year but yes. you know you've got to be careful with the uk because it keeps on surprising doesn't it there's this resilience it does, it? and um you know i mean we were talking about it being a disaster you know going into recession it looks like that's not going to happen now uh, and, you know, people still seem to be able to go shopping. Indeed. So just looking at the growth forecast for the UK and, and consumption and retail trade volumes and uh, retail sales volumes in this report have matched the overall UK consumption figures. So even though people are sort of shifting away from goods towards services and so forth, and there is an element of services in the retail trade, you know, um, restaurants and, and mm. take out food and so forth, but... It's still only going to see growth of maybe 0.3%, but it hasn't turned negative. We had that bad quarter at the last quarter of last year, and since then it's sort of been tracking modestly higher, right? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we've sort of written off the idea now, haven't we, of a 50 basis point rise by the, by the Bank of England or, you know. I would think so, after those UK inflation numbers, yeah. yes. So what about the ECB then and the FRMC, just very quickly, because well, it's going to be a busy week next week. Uh, 25, I think, for both, Phil. But it, quite a bit of uncertainty next week, I think, around both of those, isn't it? Well, there's probably about the, uh, I think more about, um, is, what, is there, will there be any more coming after yeah, the 25, next. right? And I yeah. think the end to that is, we still don't know, they're not set on. Uh, in another 25 at least not at this stage i think but we'll see yeah well dave it's good to have you back no matter what other people have been saying i'm glad to see you and uh, <laughs> we'll catch you again very soon cheers phil and that is the morning call for this week i'm phil dobby for nab back again on monday morning i'll see you then thanks for listening <laughs>